Welcome to Decoding the Shopper, a Kantar podcast. Most data within this podcast is provided by Wellpanel UK and Ireland with some additional sources for a wider perspective. Hi there, I'm Howell Davis. I'll be your host for today's uh, podcast where we're looking at the world of delivery, uh, everything in terms of what we consume in and out of home. Um, I'm joined here today by Rebecca Williamson, who is Strategy and Innovation Lead for Digital at KFC. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, um, I am currently um, overseeing delivery, but then expanding my role to more of a digital focus at KFC. Amazing. Perfect. So I suppose we can sort of dive straight into to some of the questions and obviously basing this around one of the presentations we did uh, a few weeks ago. But I suppose from your perspective, what have been the real challenges and changing attitudes of consumers within the world of delivery? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been changing attitudes of consumers, but I think importantly as well, changing attitudes of restaurant brands and brands in general. Um, so I've been at KFC doing delivery for about a year and a half, but Prior to that, I was actually at Deliveroo um, and really during the period that I guess delivery was kind of exploding in the UK, um, really through the scale up of that company, but also through the scale up of just delivery and adoption of delivery, both from a consumer and a restaurant brand perspective. Um, and I think with consumers, like it's one of those kind of odd ones in which COVID was actually a great thing for delivery, right? Like we, I, th- I think for customers, there was that a lot of customers in kind of the main cities and towns that really adopted delivery pretty quickly. Um, but there were those that kind of were in the more regional areas where potentially the big players were slightly um, later to get to that were very much kind of in like that traditional takeaway approach by which they called like the chippy or the Chinese, right? restaurant at the end of their road and they would either knit round in the car or it was just like totally different but then I think during COVID, everyone, it just became a habit, right? It became something that was, well, it was actually one of the few things we could do to keep us sane, right? Was that Friday night treat. And I think there's definitely um, an element of customers have really, some have retained that significantly. We, you know, we've seen Delivery was tracking at a certain rate, kind of 2017, 2018, 2019, shot up through 2020 and beyond. And I think obviously we've seen that slump slightly, but we are still seeing it hold higher than where it was. So we know that customers have like really adopted it to, to a great extent, which is, which is brilliant. Um, and delivery is changing now, right? As well. So customers were just getting kind of, you know, your QSRs, maybe a few full service restaurants, even pubs and, and whatnot started to adopt delivery. But now all these, grocery brands are there as well right so delivery is just interwoven into customers lives so much more so it's kind of second nature for a lot of customers I would say and becoming and like or certainly was and then is more integrated into their lives generally yeah absolutely I mean from a COVID perspective our data showed that massive spike the trajectory was probably going that way anyway in terms of the adoption of more instant delivery service and wider breadth but yeah certainly must have been a, a sort of help for for the channel in general and i think yeah echoing what you said from the data again we're seeing potentially a drop off in terms of the number of people sort of ingrained but those who are are really 
increasing their loyalty they're having more trips they're going more more often uh, and certainly they're spending more per trip as well so actually kind of when you're in you're in and therefore yeah. you, that sort of loyalty becomes quite a lot uh more significant and something to aim yeah, at across a breadth definitely. of customers. I think it really resonate with what you said about they're spending more when they're in. And I think that we're definitely feeling, and, and I think it's one of, probably one of my views quite specifically, is that lunch is a really hard game to play on delivery, right? Like it's there, fortunately, there are a lot of um, businesses and offices where they have like an expense allowance and you can get be getting lunch and you can be spending up to 15 pounds. And that's great for kind of the, the real inner cities. But I do think that lunch is a really hard game for, for us to play, to, to be quite candid. Um, and that is because if you're getting something, if you're getting our boneless banquet, for example, you're then facing into like that's just a one person cost. You're then facing into a delivery fee and a service fee and it just ramps up, right? So I think lunch is probably, I like I don't think we'll see a huge adoption of lunch, particularly maybe for KFC. Um, obviously there are other brands coming on like Costa and Starbucks have exploded and, you know, even Greg's is doing, is doing really well now. But I do think that like the delivery focus for us and I think feeds into what you're saying is that Friday night treat nights and like those really more expansive dinner occasions when actually if you're spending 35 quid a delivery fee and a service fee doesn't feel that compromising it doesn't feel like that that kind of same milestone to climb um and so I think like we we are trying to shift with that consumer response in that really should we should be going after weekends and those kind of key key dining occasions so almost the, the battle's more on those larger uh, kind of full service occasions where you want something big in a tree to post to something yeah. quick and easy again we've seen a really similar story in the data in terms of a bit of a polarization from the market yeah. so people are kind of saving up for those bigger treats yeah. whether that's in store and you know actually sitting down and having a meal or a big takeaway and spending quite a lot of money on it yeah. but then the sort of polar side of that is People having quick, cheap meals, you know, from a from a grocery store, for example, meal deals coming through, even though they've got more expensive with inflation and cost of living. Yeah. So, sort of that that two ends of the market, both performing well at the moment, and potentially yeah. that middle set, as you said, maybe a more expensive lunch out, yeah, struggling slightly. Yeah, definitely. I think there's an element as well of people that might have gone to the pub on a Friday night, potentially trading down into delivery because they could, you know, get their own drinks, for example, if they wanted to. And I think we QSRs might see the benefit of that full service restaurants on delivery potentially as well but I think like where we think about those kind of more connect and celebrate moments in a climate that we are in it's just it's a it's an easier more accessible option that doesn't require quite as much of a commitment to customers yeah I suppose customers. that's probably benefited as well by not being in the office five days yeah, a week exactly. so you know you, you might do a Thursday Friday drink you know previously but yeah. now you're home on a Thursday yeah, Friday exactly. a bottle of wine and a takeaway all of a sudden exactly. becomes quite a nice occasion to have exactly. yeah completely yeah, agree for sure. perfect so I suppose in terms of from from your perspective obviously balancing your own app and mm -hmm. how you communicate to customers directly versus obviously working with with the aggregators yeah. how is that from a challenge perspective from yourselves yeah it is um definitely like it's still kind of new to us to be totally frank like we launched our own channel delivery in sort of q4 last year alongside the world cup which was like this great moment 
we have these great growth ambitions, right, for our own channel. And we really do see such a benefit in owning that customer journey, in getting that customer data, in being able to, you know, talk to them about what they have been doing on our app. Um, but we also then have our aggregator partnerships. And we're very aware that, like, our the aggregators have established such a great presence. And it's a great way for us to access our customers, to drive awareness. And, like, we also love the kind of um, the tools they have, like Uber One, for example, being able to really target those loyal customers um and so i think like they can interplay most definitely they are serving potentially a slightly different purpose um but our ambitions definitely are to continue growing our own channel um I think like the aggregators will kind of set the tone and probably for actually all kind of online ordering in that they expect an acquisition offer, right? Like they expect, like the customers expect an acquisition offer, sorry. So the aggregators have been doing that for so long, whether it's free delivery or, you know, 30% off your next three orders or some mechanic like that. And that's something that we were very aware that if we didn't have something that would cut through, um, we, we wouldn't be able to grow our channel. And so we've got this great mechanic first bucket on us which feels very kfc um but we are definitely like we felt the need to really try and make sure we've got something there so i think it's just when we're when if another brand was kind of thinking about bringing their own app um and their own delivery into play you really have to think about what you need to do to move it you don't want to just launch it right and have it kind of sitting there um so i think yeah, it's and it's been a really interesting journey. We're kind of constantly learning. Um, and the other thing I would say is, again, from a customer expectation perspective, these apps have been around for a few years now, and they've been constantly iterating on the product to make sure that it's as intuitive a uh, experience as possible to make sure that, you know, and they've been responding to customer feedback, right? Like we want this to work better. We want this to show, we want to be able to filter this way. Um, and while filtering might not be as relevant, obviously, there's definitely things that we are conscious that we might have been lacking when we kind of went out with our MVP and now are really building into it as well. Um, so there's, yeah, it's a real yin and yang. Yeah. I think yeah, the usability definitely comes out, doesn't it? It's, it's almost too easy to reach for your phone and get something delivered totally. nowadays. I'm definitely a victim of that, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. yeah. Um, amazing. I suppose you've sort of said in terms of the offer, in terms of actual sort of usability and everything, but I suppose from a product offering, from a, a food and drink perspective, have you seen a, a change in terms of what people have been ordering for delivery versus what they might have done previously? Um not particularly, to be honest. We're seeing it relatively similar. Like our best-selling products are pretty much our best-selling products across. Um, we do also have like great exclusive offers on each of the platforms to kind of have that distinguished, um, yeah, distinguished sort of experience for customers. Um, and I think that's been something that we are quite committed to, kind of going forward and making sure that each delivery experience is pretty unique. Um, but we have more or less seen like a similar pattern. Um, what I will say is obviously when you have you know your app and you have the collect experience and then the delivery experience there is that ability for customers to be able to flick between prices right because yeah. inevitably prices yeah. do not match on those on both of those experiences um so that has definitely been something we're very conscious of and so i think we're just kind of constantly trying to put through enough value for customers that they still see delivery as a place that they can you know get that great value from us as well yeah absolutely especially obviously cost of living etc oh, totally. looks like we're coming out slightly in terms yeah. of the inflation but obviously it's been mounting for some time and as you've said earlier those fees obviously all of a yeah. sudden you get that almost till shock at the end when you placed yeah. an order and you not quite realized how carried away you've got with what you <laughs> might have ordered yeah um amazing yeah we've seen i suppose 
wider across the market a bit of a change in terms of some of the behaviors kind of i think pre-covid and pre sort of your aggregators and things along those lines we sort of almost talk about pizza being king of the delivery world you know it's almost like the cliche in terms of your pizza delivery driver and everything along those lines we've actually seen burgers overtake pizza from a penetration perspective yeah. value it's still pizzas because yeah. pizza's more expensive um but obviously quite interesting obviously the world you sort of play but also we're seeing a load of new players come into the market yeah. kind of in a competitive space to yourself so Popeyes, Wendy's, um, you know, a series of other players as well. Do you see that being kind of a help or a hindrance to delivery as a channel? Um, I think it's probably like, I mean, competition's competition, right? Like it's another, I think definitely when we think of being on aggregator platforms, it's another brand. Like it's like a, it's like, a, you know, the virtual shopping mall, literally. So it's an Popeyes could be very easily sitting next to us in the app. And so I think it's definitely, I mean, it's always motivation. It's always motivation to make sure that we have, for example, like the most intuitive menu set up or that we have like, you know, competitive pricing and great value and delivery deals, which we consistently kind of roll out. Um, but I think for more and more customers, you know, if they are, if like a Popeyes might acquire them, maybe a KFC will retain them. And so there's definitely, it feels like it is definitely expanding that customer base for us yeah. to really fight for as well, which I think makes it interesting for sure. Yeah, I think as well from sort of my, my own perception, a lot of the new players obviously kind of use the dark kitchen formats to be able to yeah. reach new customers, yeah. which again, sort of potentially does play into the fact that you might not have been a, a QSR yeah shopper via a, a delivery or an Uber Eats or Just Eat, yeah. and all of a sudden you see something new, you want to try it, but if they can't capture your loyalty, then maybe they're just more ingrained in using the app and that's something to go after long term. Yeah, I think customer loyalty across the apps is really interesting because I feel like it's just disintegrating. I feel like most, I don't know, most, for me, I, I'm one of these people. Um, I think a lot of customers have all three apps, right? Or the three major player apps. Plus, it's interesting to then think about how many would then have the brand app on, on their phones as well, because I guess that's a lot of apps, right? If you're getting the KFC one, if you're getting a Nando's one, if you're getting a Pizza Express one, like it's a lot to then, but then I guess that's on us to make it compelling enough to have that app. And there'll be those super loyal KFC users, which we know have, which I'm sure is a very, a much easier conversion. But I do think there's that element of like customers will kind of just like maybe they're loyal to, to maybe they're more loyal to the brand a few will be loyal to the apps and i guess that comes from like uber one or like any of the other loyalty programs they're more inclined to keep using that right they're literally being rewarded for it um but yeah that's an interesting one yeah absolutely um i suppose we've talked about things like uber one and things along those lines do you see any other big innovations coming through the channel either you know from a from an app perspective or something wider that we might not have thought of I honestly, like, I, I was thinking about kind of innovations in this space, right? And you hear all this, like, robots are going to do this and AI this and everything, you know, everything's going to be powered by robots, whether it's in the kitchen or whether it's, um, you know, de robot deliverers. Um, I really do think that actually some of the innovations that delivery needs, and I think that are lots of brands are concentrating on, are things like actually restaurant design. So like how are restaurants being designed so that actually there's no harm to their in-house customers. Their in-house customers can continue on their evening as they would wish. And then there's that space for delivery that means delivery is being optimized as best possible. So we've got one store in Mile End, for example, where there's like a hatch at the side and actually our ri like riders and the 
teams love it because they can just, you know, handle that as efficiently as possible. Um, and I do think like even I used to work with Nando's when I was at Deliveroo and they used to have like, you know, rider waiting areas that were really clearly marked. And that was always something that riders appreciated and would therefore go to Nando's for. So I think it's more like the basic things that yeah. actually that's where the innovation should be. But I also think things like loyalty integration, like how are we thinking about customer lifetime value across the different platforms? Like if it's great if we know that a customer is, you know, potentially ordering delivery on our app, ordering collect, but it would be, you know, understanding that aggregator input as well and just really having that better uh, all-rounded understanding of our customer's behavior, I think would then really fuel how we talk to them, right? And how we're personalizing our app and how we're making that journey seem as intuitive and like seamless as possible for them. Um, So I do think that loyalty integration as, you know, like, apps like uber build out their their loyalty scheme how we can integrate there um and then one of the other key things and i think we've been talking about this forever and some brands are probably getting much better at it but it's packaging like from a sustainability perspective being the priority like how are brands making sure we're more sustainable but also and my with my business brain on here like how are we getting packaging that is better to reduce refunds right so to reduce poor customer experience to make sure they're getting it hot they're getting everything that they ordered so orders are speedy orders are accurate orders are hot like how are we actually um, innovating in that space to make sure that it's happening yeah. and make sure that we can then you know we're not we're not refunding customers for missing items but we're also making sure that customer comes back right and we're yeah. actually retaining them because they can say oh i had a really great experience um so a lot of my innovations are like probably grounded in reality than being like blue sky thinking yeah. let's bring in the robots <laughs> no, i think that makes a lot of sense we've seen kind of as we came out of covid obviously we've been locked down and delivery was so key for everybody and obviously kind of had a bit more freedom and people have returned to sort of yeah. in-person dining because of you know yeah. generally returning to habits previously mm-hmm. but also breaking out from what we kind of had to do beforehand and i suppose that is the key with delivery isn't it you're you're battling that as well as competitors within the delivery space yeah. and therefore if you're charging an extra four or five pounds for various delivery and uh, sort of service fees that needs to be able to come in with an yeah. equitable service to what you're getting in store although there are other yeah, prices there as well so yeah. yeah really interesting obviously kind of want your food hot on yeah. time and and tasting as good as you'd have in store yeah, so yeah totally. makes a load of sense from yeah. that side of things um i suppose in terms of any other challenges that you might face is there anything you sort of see coming in terms of future challenges down the line i think i mean we're always grappling with inf- inflation right we're always grappling with like how we make sure that we don't have to outprice ourselves and like and really damage our brand like we don't want to hike our prices as much as we have to on delivery specifically um and I think we're kind of always competing with like the the commercial structures that we have with our aggregators right as well we've got to factor that in plus inflation like I just feel like it that's just always an ongoing challenge um in which we just we want to be able to price as fairly as possible and everyone to have that access to kfc but we just like we have to make sure that we are for our franchisees and for our business pricing at the right level and i think that will just be something we always grapple with um the other more interesting kind of challenge that i think restaurants specifically in delivery are facing into is the and they're they're a blessing and a curse maybe actually but the influx of grocery um brands on our on these aggregator platforms and i think that's primarily just because 
so I think where we were in as restaurant brands on delivery in like 2017 is kind of where grocery partners are now in which they're they've all they're all gone to um like your Ubers and your deliveries and whatnot and just eat but they and so the aggregators are investing a lot in them right they are they're you know they're tension has been turned to them and they are offering them sort of where we were in ad campaigns before potentially maybe they're offering that to the supermarket brands right now and I think that that kind of battle of who gets like you know kind of who gets are we the forgotten child a little bit now I think is definitely something that we're thinking about um but I do think as well grocery can be super complimentary and actually some brands that you've seen and I think you you reference this in, in your presentation as well but some brands that we've seen are now allowing you to order your your restaurant brand order and then supplement it yeah. with like various different um like consumer goods so whether you're I don't know you're adding in a wine or you realize you need washing tablets or something like that, you're able to do that. And so I do think that makes that ex- delivery experience overall more well-rounded for the customer and more worthwhile. And so I do think that can play into, okay, well, I'll just consistently order my KFC and always just get a few bits rather than go out. Yeah, I think so it I becomes think, more yeah. of a one-stop shop in exactly. a way. And exactly. yeah, if you can get everything, then obviously it can become more front of mind. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Love talking about delivery. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining our Decoding the Shopper podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, kantar.com forward slash UKI. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Shopper, a Kantar podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes and you can get in touch with us through our website, kantar.com forward slash UKI.